in the 1998 NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors select Antoine Jameson from the University of North Carolina. In the 1998 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Vince Carter from the University of North Carolina. Toronto has traded the rights to Antoine Jameson to Golden State for the rights to Vince Carter plus cash consideration. With the fourth pick in the 2003 NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors select Chris Bosch from Georgia Tech University. of that's a rap podcast i'm your co-host jay rosales we are recording this on friday june the 25th it is the final days of school for those of you that have children it is the first days of summer because this is what we've been looking forward to i guess you could mm-hmm. say and more people are getting vaxxed i know of someone on this podcast that's about to get their second joining the other two of us of course but welcome everyone welcome 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 dre how are you doing my friend I'm double vaxxed and I'm feeling good. Jason, you're going to be double vaxxed yeah, too. I will be coming up soon next month, July 6th. I'm going to be double vaxxed as you guys, and hopefully we can finally see each other again, possibly record an episode together hey, in the same hey. room. I know, I know we did that once on the, like the off season after 2019 or something like that, and it was amazing. So I hope we can do that again, but welcome everybody to that's a rap podcast a podcast by raptors fan for raptors fan every i mean i mean to us i think we're everything's looking up it's a vax season vax bot coming up and your toronto raptors uh have the sole possession of the number four pick in this year's we moved up baby one draft pick which is going to happen on july 29th man do we have a lot of stuff to talk about uh jay why don't we start off with you bro Yes, let's start off with that number four draft pick. And I, and I know we mentioned it in the last episode that our friend friend of the pod, Sean Woodley, as well as Katie Heindel, hosted a, a draft party, a draft lottery watch party. I did mm-hmm. take part in that. And I got to tell you, it was outstanding. Seeing <laughs> everyone's awesome. faces as the number four card. Actually, no, it was more seeing everyone's faces when the number seven card was yep. revealed and it was revealed that it wasn't the Raptors. Everyone just started losing it. And I make sure <laughs> that all of you share how how you experienced it, how you felt, because the, we're still riding this roller coaster right now. It's been it's been quite a ride. Unfortunately, the Raptors didn't land with the number one spot. But I got to say, that was a long commercial break. It felt yes. like a long commercial break. Yeah. I'm wondering if the Raptors would actually land the number one spot. But hey, anywhere in the top four. We said this last week. We said it for a couple of weeks now. Anywhere in that top four is great. The Raptors are in that spot, and I'm eager to talk about it. Dre, what are your your initial thoughts on on the Raptors landing in, in the four spot? Well, technically, we're in the top three because we know Detroit's going to blow it. So, I mean, technically, we're in the top three. 
<laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, uh, <laughs> no, there's no way they could screw up this time, Detroit. But well, then again, 2003. But uh, yeah. Anyway, the point is, I wonder if that still looms in Detroit Piston fans' minds because, like, know. that has that has to be one of the worst busts of all time for draft picks. I mean, you have. Oh, who do, who was ahead of like who could they pick? I know LeBron and Carmelo picked, were one and two. No, no, no. Carmelo was three. Carmelo oh, was, was three. He really? Yeah, Bosch he was. was four. Bosch was four, and Wade, Wade was, was five. five. Yeah. Oh my. They had God. they had the number two spot with what's his name. <laughs> that's that's exactly my point. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Dark and, Darko Milicic Darko. will forever live in infamy. And they won a championship with him. Can you imagine if they yeah. actually got Melo? I know. Wow. Anyway, that, okay. so, so we don't want to crap on Detroit. No, fans because, joke, I mean, you have, they, they, have, they have the last half right now. They, 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 really yeah, they do. definitely have the last half. They have that number one. And Ben Wallace, I mean, you always, I, I wish he had the, I wish he had the fro going on and like with all, all gray hairs and everything. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but yeah, jokes aside, the fact, like, we were slated for seventh, which, you know, is nice, but we're fourth. We're going to get one of the biggies in one of the best draft classes of the last couple of years. So this is fantastic. It could be great trade potential, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. It could be beneficial for us and reshaping our team around this person or side with this person and the other young guns that we have or around maybe a Lowry. We can figure this out, but... It gives us great potential for what Fred Van Fleet slash Bandicoot called the best worst team of all time. And that's the thing. We actually aren't that bad. We just had a really unlucky time. So to get that break, let's not pick a Wiseman. Hey, I kind of yeah. like Wiseman, actually. But yeah, Jason, but like, come on. <laughs> Jason, what are uh, okay. your thoughts? So I, I like I like watching uh, all this draft stuff and and whenever i watch like raptors basketball anything raptors related you know i i bring in my wife and she's more of a, a fan uh, in relation so she's not like a diehard but she's a diehard because of me and so when watching this we're both kind of you know on the fence like ah you know we might get seven and eight we're, we're just trying we're not too optimistic about the chances but once the seven came out and it wasn't the raptors i was like oh Oh gosh, we actually have a top four pick. This is incredible. And throughout this entire time, when when people were talking about this year's draft pick, it was always four, maybe five potentially like franchise changing possible picks. Right? You have the uh, the Cade, of course, who's probably going to go number one if Detroit doesn't mess up. And then you have the Mobley, Green, and Sucks. And those three have always Mobley most likely might go second, but like those three players are most likely going to be top uh, one, two, or two, three, and four. And the fact that we have one of them is incredible. Like the seventh pick, it didn't, I, I trust Masai and Bobby to pick whomever if it was like seven to 29 to, to 60. It doesn't matter because it's Masai and Bobby. But the fact that we have the riches of being number four, that's incredible. That's incredible. Why don't we go through those four? Let's, let's be real. As much as I think that Detroit... As much as I want to try to screw that pick up, they ain't going to not pick Kate. The only person Kate is going to go see is Detroit. So let's think about this logically. Mobley Green sucks. Jay Dre, would it be surprised? Would you be surprised if Raptors don't pick one of those three if they're available? I wouldn't be 
completely surprised. I I do think that the best option obviously is one of those three. And let, let me add some further context to the, the those three players for anyone who still needs a little bit more information about each of those three. Yes, and please. I think the best way to do that is to add comparables, right? That seems to be what we all seem to do with these draft picks, yep. right? Yep. So Evan Mobley is kind of seen as a Chris Bosch 2.0. He's also seen had shades of Christian Wood in his game. So that's one comparison to think about when thinking about Evan Mobley. Jalen Green has, and this is all based off of what Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer has has mentioned, but there are shades of a few people's games in, in both Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. Jalen Green is a Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Malik Monk prototype. Jalen Suggs is a out of the Brandon Roy, Jamal Murray mold. So mm-hmm. all of those are very exciting names. So let's let's revisit that question. Who of those three, again, we're assuming Kate Kate Cunningham's gone at one or that the Raptors are not able to move their way up, but who of those three, Dre, entices you the most based off of those comparables? I would say every single one of them has a great <laughs> potential because no, what's so funny? No, no, no. no, it's, no it's true. It's, it's true. true. Like I'm, I'm laughing at, at our luck, really. I know. I yeah. <laughs> it, I, Will Lou had it had it best. He like displayed it as uh, the three Pokemon you choose in the beginning. All three of them are pretty great. <laughs> it's a great comparison. So Mobley, I think, would be the best because we need that five. We need that big guy. So that would be fantastic. Green, green, green we, is your green is your Beal slash yeah. Levine slash Malik. So Monk. if we if we lose Lowry, that's a lot of offense that we take a dip with. But that would be great, especially to have Van Fleet running the floor, and Green opening it up and spacing it out and being that nice, great second option, especially with the ISO. So that would be great. And the the last guy's name I don't remember. Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, another Brandon Roy, maybe another Jamal Murray. Yeah. So that paired up with a Siakam, because Siakam is great as a second or third option on the team. Like if you're uh, if you're bringing the ball to the floor and dishing it into the into the paint, so he does a spin move, or you know he 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 crashes the board. So what if we had two tall offensive bigs like that, just dominating? So I feel like like a like a tall power forward or like a tall I don't know center, maybe another position. But either way, I feel like offensively, Suggs and Green are fantastic. Mobley for that for that need for height that that we could use. So yeah, I don't think the Rockets should give up Mobley. I think that even with that Christian Wood comparison, like he. He he might be a little skinny, but I mean, you remember what Giannis looked like when he was coming into the league, right? He was sticks, and now he's humongous. So yeah. I feel like the upside for Mobley is too good to pass up for the Rockets. Now, when it comes to the two Jalen's, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green played for the G League, the uh, Ignite team, and he played against men. Like in the G League, they are, I would say, probably have m- more talent than than uh, the NCAA, maybe. Like, I'm the, I just feel like because he, a 19-year-old is facing uh, men who are older, stronger than him, and he was, he uh, averaged 17.9 points, 46.1% shooting. Uh, I think that 
that upside is is almost too good to give up as well. Now, Jalen Suggs, I'll admit that he was the kind of the only player that I was watching throughout the old NCAA tournament. And he showed up right in the biggest uh, time uh, during the, the tournament. He showed up. He made a huge shots and he's going to be that leader for whoever team uh, they're going to pick. So this is the thing now. It's going to see what's going to happen through with other teams. Uh, there's some news saying that the Cavaliers are interested in taking calls and taking notes and taking emails, whatever they, they're, they're getting to say that they're open to trading Colin Sexton. Now, Colin Sexton is obviously their up-and-coming point guard, so does that mean they're making way for someone like a Jalen Suggs who will most likely be that floor general? So does that mean Jalen Green will be most likely the one who will fall to fourth? I'm okay with any of those three, obviously. To me, I think I would like to have a green more, mainly because, one, I don't want Lowry to leave. Two, yeah. I don't think it would be a good idea to have Lowry, Fred, and Malachi all in the same time with Jalen Suggs. Uh, so that would be a little bit convoluted. And I think that green would be an automatic uh, offensive power where we are really known for our defense, especially with OG uh, Siakam there as well, but we need more offense. We need more shooters. So I would say I'd be happy with Jalen. That's my answer. Oh, and I just, uh, I just looked it up. Suggs uh, apparently isn't that tall. So uh, just disregard <laughs> what I said uh, about all that stuff, but uh, a great offensive presence. However, what I did find Apparently, some speculations are that Detroit might not immediately take Kate. Yeah, I was about to jump into that part. Yeah, yeah. really? So, Why? Why? He's like six eight point guard, though. That doesn't no, mean you, they're no, they're, drop they're, to us, but yeah, and and just to add further, con- yeah, you're you're absolutely right there, there, Dre. In terms of like, there there will continue to be rumblings about this, but you know, Detroit isn't in the bag on getting Kate. It's most likely it's still going to happen. But if there's a name to keep an eye on, it is Jalen Green that they seem to be enamored with. And I think that those were probably floating around before the lottery. But you know what? If they really do love Green and they really want to make a move for him, then look out for those those trade options, right? Because everyone wants mm-hmm. Kate, right? So um, yeah, so that that's kind of like where where the jail the Jalen Green one is really interesting because he could actually go as high as one, which is incredible to think because you think that that's supposed to go to Cade. But let's continue with this assumption that Cade's going number one. Um, the more I read and the more I'm seeing throughout NBA Twitter, the more I get the feeling that Jalen Green will not be available at number four, and that's not a bad thing, based yeah. off of what all of us have already said here in terms of the the fit with Mobley and the what we've seen already from Jalen Suggs throughout the NCAA tournament. And and one more thing to add to both of your points is that all three of them are actually really good defensively as well. So they'd fit in quite well into Nick Nurse's defensive scheme. So I'm not concerned about anything defensively. Offensively, I love that both Green and Suggs both attack the rim. And that's something we were missing the second Norm Powell was traded away. So again, so much excitement around all of these guys, right? And I can see mm-hmm. why why Dre is enamored with Mobley and his fit there as as the big of the future alongside Siakam. But there is nothing wrong with also what Jason is saying in terms of Green and Suggs both having that offensive capability to fit with the team. It's just really exciting. And now yeah. I'm going to throw some water on this excitement by suggesting <laughs> what if we traded away this pick? 
So that's another thing that's come out thought. of this. It's a thought, it's a thought yeah, right? Sure. So mm -hmm. the what I was saying to you guys in our group chat earlier was that the Raptors essentially are gatekeepers here, right? We all know that Cade's going to go number one, and Houston and Cleveland are going to do something maybe out of the box, right? Maybe they they it's not so much that, okay, Mobley is the second best prospect, so he will go second because, again, as noted earlier, there is already a Christian, Christian Wood on that team. Cleveland can make the same statement, right? They are, they should be committing their future to Larry Nance Jr. as well as signing Jared Allen. So where does Mobley fit there? So maybe Mobley falls to number four, but maybe the rumors about Green being as good as he is are true and that he ends up flying all the way to number one. I don't know. But what I'm trying to get at is there will be movement and the Raptors are the gatekeepers because whoever is left of those top four will be there for the taking for the Raptors. And if there's a team below them who wants to jump, you better believe Masai, Masai's phone or his BlackBerry will be ringing off the hook. So that in mind, a couple of trade proposals. I just want to throw at you guys really quickly. Okay with the teams that are currently below the Raptors. So Blake Murphy of The Athletic threw out a couple of suggestions to fellow athletic writers, and three teams jump up. The Magic, who have picks number five and eight. Golden State, who have picks seven and 14. And OKC, Sam Presti, you got to use these picks at some point, has number six and number 16. So the enticing part of this is, what if the Raptors trade down? That means they'd be losing out on one of these top four, but that maybe they really like Scotty Barnes. Maybe they really like Keon Johnson. We'll we'll get into more of this as the the we lead up to the draft. But is there anything that entices you guys in terms of moving down, or do you just say, you know what, no, uh, I'd rather have the surefire possible future All Star rather than two really good rotation pieces? No uh, thoughts. No, I absolutely wow. don't think we should trade down. Just check this out. We know we have a great young team. We're not in rebuild mode. We just got that one last piece and we're set. Outside of Lowry, we could deal with that later. We get that one sure thing and we're set. I think it's really stupid if we were to, to try and break it up. Somebody like Cleveland, on the other hand, or obviously Detroit. Detroit's a big mess of a team. So that's a little different. But for us, I view it as... We're lucky to get this high and like, you know, the draft and everything at all. We are a good team that just had bad luck. I feel like we're, we're like almost like stealing out of the draft because mm. like we shouldn't, this shouldn't be like this. It's almost like the opportunity Golden State had because of their injuries. And it's like, this is a good team with bad luck and look at where they are now. They're going to, they're going to kill next year when Clay is back. So mm. that's, that's my impression. Just, Take the big name. If worse came to worse, you can trade that name for somebody of huge value. Otherwise, just don't go with the mindset that you're rebuilding the team because you barely need to. So Jason, what do you think? I OK, I don't remember. What was the last time we had a, a, a lottery? pick? It was a uh, number seven for Jakob, I think. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't even and, ours. That was thank you, New York. Yes, Bargnani. that's true. I just feel like we've been so good for so long that we haven't had to be in this position uh, to be in the lottery. Now, now I'm not saying that this year we were terrible. I mean, from the circumstances, obviously no team would be come out on top, 
uh, I think we were just dealt a, a hand that nobody could have imagined. So, hey, look, we're we're in fourth position and we're in a great position to pick up a possible franchise player. Do I want to take that? Absolutely. freaking lutely However, if you're saying someone like, and this is what I, I told you guys in the group chat too, the magic, okay? Number one, Jeff Wiltman, I feel kind of bad for you. You've been there for a while <laughs> and nothing, nothing has come out of it except for your relationship with Terrence Ross. Outside of that, <laughs> you have, you had a huge chance to go number one. You fell to number five and number eight, and that's via the Bulls. So I'm thinking, okay, you call up Jeff Wilton Masai, uh, you call up Jeff Miller, your old buddy that used to be uh, your, your secondhand man, you tell him number four, four, number five, and number eight. I'll take that because, again, I will take, I will give Masai and Bobby all the reins to pick number one through 60. I don't care. But if we have two to go into the top five, possibly giving up one of those big four, I feel like that's a win for us. Will Magic take it? Probably not. But I'm just saying, if that was on the table, I'd consider it. And, and here's here's a reason why that's also a possibility. Is what if, okay, well, we're, again, we're assuming here that, that one of these top four guys are available. Let's assume for a second is Jalen Suggs. Let's also assume that a lot of teams want Jalen Suggs. And let's say one of those teams is Jeff Weltman and the Magic. If they really want Jalen Suggs, yes, make that offer. Then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you can have Suggs at four. Then we'll just take the guy that we like at number five, which is whatever, Scotty Barnes. Oh, actually, sorry. No, let me let me switch that up. Let's say the guy that Orlando really wants is Scotty Barnes. And the Raptors tease a bit and say, you know what? You can do a little bit of, you can have a little bit of fun here if you're the Raptors, right? Again, as gatekeepers and say, listen, OKC's called us. They're thinking of taking Scotty Barnes at four. They're offering us this package. What can you offer us if you really want Scotty Barnes? Because I'll tell you this right now, OKC's offering us six and 16. Can you offer us five and eight? Because then you get your guy. You get your guy at number four, you get Scotty Mm -hmm. Barnes, right? Um, And they can play off of each other that way. And that way, not only do the Raptors get number five and number eight, they still get Jalen Suggs at number five. So this is something to consider, right? I mean, it's it's all politicking, and I know that there are yeah. other GMs that are going to be very wary of dealing with Masai, but again, the Raptors are holding all the cards at this point. And I don't yeah. fault you, Dre, for wanting to not trade because I I think that most Raptors fans will agree with you. Don't trade it. This is like possibly, and not to get overly dramatic here, but almost a once in a lifetime thing, right? Mm-hmm. This is almost equivalent. I almost equate this to the 2003 draft that we already referenced, right? Yeah. If you landed a top five pick and somehow walked out with Darko, <laughs> you don't want that, but you I could like just stretch it to five. You had to stretch it to five. <laughs> <laughs> so this is yeah. kind of what it is, right? I mean, you don't want to end up in a scenario where you, you draft the wrong guy, but man, they, these are some pretty good talent that's available here. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Okay, so last question before we move on. Do you see, foresee, and and I, I want to say that mo- I'm going to go with probably the percentage. I don't think the Raptors are going to mm-hmm. move from four. But do you foresee something happening between the top five? Do you think that either some sort of move is going to happen between the Pistons, Rocking Cavaliers, Raptors, and Magic? Is anyone going to try to trade up or trade down? What are your thoughts? I would, like after I would, the draft, like after they've drafted the players, right? No, no, during. No, before, before, or during. 
Oh, so, sorry. I, that's what I meant. Like during, I think yes. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I, I, I think so too. Yeah. Th mm -hmm. There's, there's a, it's it's really Houston and Cleveland are really wild cards in this, right? Because you know, as yeah. already pointed out, they both have big men, so maybe they don't draft Mobley and use kind of dangle him as bait, right? Like. Hey man, we don't need Mobley, but if you want him, you can have him for the right price. So I have a feeling one of those two teams is going to make a move. They're also front offices that are not that smart. If you look at their recent history of <laughs> trades, yeah. I, actually, I should give Cleveland a little bit of credit there for for swiping Jared Allen um, in that in that uh, what was that the Harden deal? Um, so yeah, and, and and you know the the Irving Irving uh, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So. I, maybe I'm, I'm giving I'm, I'm not giving Cleveland enough credit here, but I'm definitely shitting on on Houston. Um, but yeah, I think one of those teams definitely will will probably make a trade. And I also agree with you, Jason, that at the end of the day, Masai probably is not going to make a trade because if we look at his history, he doesn't normally trade on draft day. So yeah. uh, I think that most likely this does stay stay the course, but that does still affect the Raptors, right? Because if Houston or Cleveland end up doing that move, making some sort of a trade, then that pretty much would, again, assumption here would be that Mobley is no longer on the table, which again, that's not bad because then greener sucks is, will fall in our lap, right? Mm -hmm. I think what Bobby has said already um, on our after the the lottery was picked he mentioned to the media saying you know we're going to go with the most not i guess not the most fit the 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 most talented whoever's ready at that moment and i think if with that being said i think whoever is falls in our laps uh, whether it be Cade Evan or the two Jalen's it's going to be one of those four i don't think there's going to be any surprise when it comes to our pick well you know let's wait until uh, that day comes. Okay, so now with thinking about the draft and knowing that the draft is coming up in a little bit over a month, we still don't really know what's going on with Masai. And I say that because Bobby Webster even said that the role Masai has had is basically exactly the same. Does that mean that he's already spoken with MLSE? Does that mean the, the deal is already done? They just don't really care of you know mentioning it. But I mean, it's just so weird that nothing, zero has ever leaked. I mean, Raptors don't really leak anything, but I mean, zero of this news has been told or shown through the media. And you see something like Dallas, shout out to our friends that spread the floor. Uh, those Mark Cuban works real fast. All, already, they have a new president of operations and they also have a new head coach. Oh. So, and that's in the span of two days. Now we don't have we don't see anything when it comes to Masai. Should the Raptors, should us, the Raptor fans, Raptors Twitter, everybody, should we be panicking or is this just something that Masai is doing? Well, I I think one thing is that quick doesn't necessarily mean good. Uh, I honestly think Jason Kidd as a head as a head coach is a step down, but that. Yeah, we, we definitely heard that in your I'm sigh. I'm from Carlisle. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. In yep. that huge sigh you just did, as you mentioned. <laughs> uh, look, I know he's he's fellow alumni, but come on now. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, speed doesn't necessarily mean good. You know, um, the other moves Dallas has made, interesting. The Pacers picking up Rick, interesting. That might be all right. I don't know. But um, speed doesn't necessarily mean good. The thing is, it's tough with the Raptors organization, because as as you said, 
nothing ever gets out. So if you don't hear anything, it's not that it's unusual, but at the same time, you just also never know where the organization stands. So, so do you uh, think it's more of like a no news is good news? I don't know, because I don't want to put that false sentiment into people's heads either. I wouldn't say to worry, but I wouldn't say to take this as a great thing either. Just, just try to try to try to stay mellow because like with the Raptors organization you never know if it was New York you'd be hearing a million things that aren't true like at least we don't have that I guess but you never know you never know I wouldn't take this as a bad thing just yet the fact that Masai you know the other day was still talking as the head honcho for the Raptors shows that he's still in that mindset at least until the very bitter end but who knows if it even is the end like, the thing is, we just don't know. So there's no reason to speculate. That's the way I feel. Let's, uh, how about this? Let, here's a glass half full approach to this. The, the, with the Mavericks signing Nico Harrison as their head of operations, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe that is the only other GM position that was open, right? Brad Stevens got uh, signed. Nico Harrison yeah. got signed. Yeah. So if there's nothing, I yeah. mean, again, again cut, cut me off and tell me if I'm wrong, but like if there's nothing else available, then where else would Masai go? So I know that that's actually, there's actually a lot of other possible answers, right? mainly him leaving the NBA altogether, leaving uh, the Raptors. But at the very least, it's not like he's going to go to another team. Right. So I think that's kind yeah. of a good way of looking at it. Um and another thing to consider slightly and take with a grain of salt here is that I believe his contract, the final day of his contract is June 30th. Uh, don't quote me on that, but that's just something I, I saw in in Twitter somewhere. But if that's the case, that means a decision has to come soon, right? And mm-hmm. if Bobby Webster is talking about Masai, you know, being all same as is, then I, I'm beginning to assume that also means that he is signed beyond June 30th and going to continue helping out with this draft process, right? So my my optimism is is fairly high at the moment that he will be resigning, but I have been wrong in the past. But yeah, I, I would say that, you know, let's let's hope that the June 30th one is actually accurate because that means we'll actually hear something very soon and stop <laughs> yeah. second guessing ourselves. <sighs> yeah. I mean, after we heard about Danny Ainge stepping down, we heard about uh, you know the Mavs uh, going separate ways with their owner. Like it's it's a lot of uh, moving parts that kind of got Raptors and myself uh, unease. So you know, Masai, if you're out there, man, you got the number four pick. You're coming back to Toronto, knock on wood. Hopefully, let's let's put this together, man. Two years, four years, ten years. I don't care. Let's just come back, come back, and and. Hopefully you can come on our pod and talk about why you took so damn long. <laughs> all right, come on our pod. let's take a break. Let's take a break and we'll come back. Shoot, all of this is still happening while the, the playoffs are happening. That's a lot of stuff going on. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk to you.
and it took approximately this long for Pandemic P to become Playoff P. It took a while. It took, it took a, while. a while, but he got there. He got there. It's, yeah, uh, no, that's true. The the the, the two nothing streak that they ha- that they keep having. They're down two. They just keep coming back. It's it's Playoff yeah. B. He, he actually yeah, exists. Right. The Clippers have been zero two. For the last two, uh, for to start the last two series, and now they're 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 coming back in the last game. Okay, sorry, let's come back. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> That's a rap podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans, Raptors fans. I know that you're uh, really excited about that number four pick, but the playoffs are still going on. If you're a basketball fan, there's some juicy, juicy basketball going on. Oh yeah, uh, and we are recording this on friday the 25th i guess the afternoon before the bucks versus the atlanta hawks game number two man there's some good stuff going on this uh this playoffs man i i want to start off with trey and i think i i i i you know i don't know about you guys but i never really was a fan of trey until <laughs> this offseason or this playoffs i wanted to win the whole damn thing <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's become a bonafide superstar. He has been the villain, and he's been taking on that role so beautifully against the New York Knicks, against uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, and now that he even taking he's taken the number or the Hawks have taken the first game from this seven game series against the Bucks. I mean. What do you guys think? Do you really think Trey can pull this off? I'm pretty sure we said that about the 76ers uh, games or or series, but I don't know, man. Now seeing all of that, what he's been doing, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey can pull this off against the Bucks. Well, I think the the main thing is, I I think I said this back when the season first started, and then they got um you know some some other additional changes. The Hawks since the beginning didn't have a bad team and i was actually kind of shocked when they weren't performing well all they needed was a coach swap and look at that they've had a hell of a record um you know because you look at it like you know getting lou will was fantastic uh even like supporting players like gallinari like these are all like underrated exactly these are all like underrated under discussed players so it's almost like they're like a Raptors or one of those, uh, like the Grizzlies, like just like a slept on franchise, except it's the Hawks. That's usually not the case. This is why I think they can go all the way. It's not just Trey Young, because if you recall, mm-hmm. I think it was the last game. He wasn't really operatingly well. He wasn't operating well offensively until like the second half, I think. And then he exploded. Then he exploded. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, true. um, he doesn't have to carry the team. And that's that makes it scary because you've got this guy who's ruthless but doesn't have to be the center of attention the entire time. So guess what? You can set crazy screens that uh, the Bucks with, you know, an exposed uh, Blodenhauser, uh, you know, Drew Holiday gets caught in the pick when he shouldn't have been because, you know, the rest of the defense was caught sleeping. Trey gets the shimmy. That's exactly what mm-hmm. happens. So... You have a team that's out coaching all the other Eastern teams um, deeper than people realize. And then a Trey Young, who actually does have a bite to back up his bark. And this guy's kind of been, you know, slandered against, if you look, if you think about it, no all-star, 
no recognition. The guy's pissed. So check this out. I have a good feeling they actually do have a chance to make it out of the East. I still think it could be the Bucks, but I don't think it should be a shock anymore if the if if the Hawks make it out. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would agree with you in terms of of the Bucks having a chance, but I would disagree with you in terms of how big of a chance they have because let's remember, Budenholzer does not make good adjustments game to no. game, and usually his game one is when they actually do well. Right, this is the when you do the the feeling out game. It's usually Milwaukee wins game one. The other team adjusts. Milwaukee doesn't know how to adjust. Milwaukee loses. Other way around. Now they've lost game one. They've lost the feeler game. Yeah, so they can't even get like that game up, right? Yeah. So, so the, and again, just just even watching the game itself, and I think that okay, let, let let's let me backtrack a bit here. There were. Th- things that Milwaukee did so poorly and yet they still had a chance to win. If you if you're looking at this from from a buck standpoint, they really played poorly and and it really just look at their play sets, right? There were so many times and this has happened throughout the playoffs where it's just dribble dribble dribble, no passing, it's just watch Giannis or watch Middleton or watch Drew. It is horrible to watch. It's and very yet, Houston basketball. Yeah, yeah, Quite it is. And and like it's just not it's not eye-catching to watch. It's it's really a pain to watch. And then they're supposed to be this, you know, if you think about how they've been the last two years, they they should be a really solid defensive team. And yet Atlanta just kept picking them apart. So I would think that, yes, Atlanta, in my mind, is like even the favorite at this point. But here's, here's an additional thing, because you brought up the defense and everything. And this was the downfall of the Jazz, but I don't think it's the case here. Because, you know, people compare uh, Trey to the next Steph Curry, basically. Atlanta doesn't live or die by the three. The Jazz did, and look what happened. The Hawks don't. They they have depth mm-hmm. in that in that area as well. So even if the Bucks, you know, Budenholzer and company, you know, finally, like, put it, piece it together and say, oh, hang on a second. No, they've got many things in their bag. And, and you know, we it was mentioned off the top about Trey and his villainry as it were uh, i'm going to pose this question to you first jason uh dre you can chime in as well mm-hmm. but what do you think is the most disrespectful thing he's done in this playoffs was it a <laughs> the shimmy <laughs> b the bow at the end of this msg series or c anytime he's done the quiet the crowd down thing which one is the most disrespectful he's done in this playoffs <laughs> Um, I have to say the shimmy reason being is because the bow was at the end of the series. And that was just like, this is it. Thank you, New York. You've been kind <laughs> to me. Uh, I'm just going to give you a bow that he's done in his high school years. So he's done this before. He knows how to play a crowd oh, and he right, plays yeah. a villain. So I wouldn't say the bow. Um, whenever he shushes, he's always done that in, you know, th- th- throughout the series or throughout the season or anything like that. Even when he does like, you know, uh, ice cold. Like he's done that. That's his. Yeah. That's his thing, that's right? His that, thing, uh, yeah. But when, but when he shimmied, that's oh, when he shimmied against the Bucks. This is game number one. This is his <laughs> first Eastern Conference. Not even Eastern Conference Finals. This is his first freaking playoffs, and he shimmies in the Eastern Conference game one in Milwaukee <laughs> at a pretty 
uh, tight game in like the third quarter. That is some disrespectful stuff. In response to a defensive collapse, by the way. So, oh my! And did you see Giannis's (laughs) response to his team? Yeah, he, he was in the him. huddle too. Yeah. He's like, "Why are you letting him shimmy, man?" <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you got you you got the you got the MVP of the last two years saying don't disrespect my team like that." Trey Young has gained so many uh, fans outside of New York and Philly and Milwaukee. He's gained so many fans because of the the stuff that he's pulling off. Hey, I'm two a Sixers teams fan, that, and oh I love my this guy. god, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible what he's producing and and he's getting other people's skins but not only players and fans and coaches everybody is like how is he doing this but at the end he he lines up at like the logo and drains a three at the like a really important part of the game in the fourth quarter and wins the game like he's backing up what he's what he's doing on the floor so that shimmy right there proves that you know what he's he's not here to play he he he's like here to to win it all and the thing about this series is that the 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 hawks yes they they're new here but they're just playing like uh they're having fun they're playing like they have nothing to lose whereas the bucks they're playing like they have everything to lose which is i like i mean Giannis is going to be there like he signed for an extension for like five years but i mean they are expected to win handily easily every single year and you're letting a trey young led team who's never been this far into the playoffs uh well i guess they've won before but like recently to to shimmy with against you no i'm sorry that's that's incredible (laughs) i I was gonna make the comparison this is this is it was very similar to the lebron james you know twirling the ball but you just reminded me like that that was actually in cleveland so that's fine i guess yeah Yeah. this was in on the road right that's villainry i've got to go with a different one i know you said it was at the end of the series i've got to go with the bow because the bow Mm -hmm. the bow that was beautiful no like it just it kills me so (laughs) yeah the bow was towards the angriest fan base in all of the nba potentially one of the top five angriest fan bases in all of sports. <laughs> um, That's a very good point. They yeah. were slated to be the underdogs, and really, it was the Hawks. And uh, he killed their chances. They got one win. Their only win, I think, this entire decade. They didn't win one the other time they made the playoffs, correct? I believe you're right. Oh, so, actually, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. sure, but okay. At least one of the only wins that they've got in the postseason in like 10 years um they were up by a lot they were up by enough that this this win was sealed the guy decides screw it i'm just gonna pull up from a logo anyway their logo yeah the, the knicks logo and just bow to yeah. these bow to these guys before i peace out i'm sorry that's so disgraceful that's disgracey <laughs> mcgrady i think it's the uh the most beautiful thing this guy, because yeah. there's a lot of like macho whatever in this game. There is. But unlike, and I don't mean to call out, but unlike a D'Angelo Russell, or unlike some of these other players who who talk a lot, or okay, unlike you, Ben Simmons, this guy actually is cold. Nothing can piss him off. Nothing can throw him off. This guy has the confidence of of a bull in a china shop just destroying everything. Mm-hmm. And he just does not give a single F. When you look at the three franchises he's dismantling, 
a New York Knicks, which hasn't had it together until recently, but even then he destroyed them. Uh, a 76ers team, which has had to deal with Brett Brown, and then now Doc Rivers, and their big problem, can Embiid and Simmons coexist? He dismantled that too. And finally, the Bucks team, which should have won a championship by now, but they haven't, and it's being revealed, maybe they're not as good as they look on paper. Their coach might need to go. Uh, Giannis might need some help. He might not be able to be the, the sole guy himself. Whatever it is, he's destroyed these three secretly nervous and uncertain franchises. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think another way to look at the, the, the teams that he's done this to, it's look at their defensive rating. New York's number three. Philadelphia's number two. So there's there's something to what you're saying there, right? In terms of like Trey is just on, on a level of his own right now. He's in a zone. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just just to, to to top off what you were saying there in terms of the the bow, that's also incredible because I'd be afraid of walking outside of that arena. Whereas <laughs> in Milwaukee, I'm not too worried about the Deer District. <laughs> But in New York, yeah. yeah, I'm a little bit worried for my life. Also, what if he battle. missed? What if he missed? He would have looked like a real dick. But no, he, <laughs> he got it. And lastly, one last point to make, and yeah. I hate to make this as, as a Sixers fan. That super team that they had with Millsap and Carroll and, and whoever else, uh, Corver, they destroyed that after the sweep, went to like the bottom of the league, and came back up in the same amount of time that the process started and the process hasn't gotten them outside of the semis. Incredible. So mm-hmm. that that's it. Unfortunately, I'm a Sixers fan in this instance. Um, well done, Hawks organization. Yep. Lots of soul 100%. searching in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge shout outs to Nick McMillan, man. They got he got him playing so good. The confidence level. I mean, not only the shimmy, but like that Trey Young uh pass off the backboard to john collins man this is game one of the eastern conference finals and you're not in your home man the disrespect through the roof i love it okay next one and there's more to it man next one ben simmons ben simmons dre you're a philly fan but ben simmons he's got to go he's got to go for, he doesn't coexist with with Embiid. i know we spoke about this in the group chat I think that Ben Simmons is a good player. He's a great defender. Uh, he can't shoot for ass. He can't shoot a three. He can't stay on the floor in the f- fourth quarter at, at really important moments because his coach is afraid that the other team is going to hack a Ben. I mean, he's fine. Like, he's a good player. But he can't coexist with a, a bona fide superstar center. He's got to go. Am I right? Yeah, because you got to... You gotta dismantle the team around one of them and you're not going to get rid of Joel Embiid let me tell you if you get rid of Joel Embiid you're an idiot the problem is Joel Embiid is one of the great centers of our time he's a center what does the center do they hang out mostly in the paint so what good is uh, is a point guard and I say this and I mean it as a Ben Simmons fan I've said this for years I'm a fan of his what good is a point guard who can't shoot outside and has to storm the board when the, the lane is already clogged by your teammate, let alone all the other people trying to crowd said teammate because Joel Embiid is a great offensive big man and great rebounding big man. So if mm-hmm. your offensive strategy is being clogged by your number one option 
and you refuse to adapt your own game, as great as you are, Ben Simmons, this is entirely on you. Not your confidence, because I'm 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 saddened that it's come to this point that he's starting to get shook by people, but by your lack of admitting where you need to grow. And that's that is entirely on you. You've had a number of years to fix your shot, or at least to get a shot. When you're shooting worse than Wilt, worse than Shaq in the playoffs at the free throw line, or yeah, at the free throw line, and you're a point guard, that is entirely on you. Look, I know some of this is on Doc Rivers, but when it comes to your offensive game, Ben, when it doesn't change and it actually gets worse after Brett Brown leaves, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the coaching anymore. Mm-hmm. He's he's unplayable. He's unplayable at the last seconds of the game because he can't shoot. Like yeah. I, the reason why I because he's got to bring the ball in. And what are they going to do? They're going to sh- send the entire team to kick his ass. Yeah. Like, what, what <laughs> it's it's true. Do? It's true. The whole game plan at the end of that game seven was hopefully if if the Hawks score, hopefully Ben Simmons is smart enough to take it out of bounds because if they don't, they're just going to hack a Ben. Yep. And and that's just like and the reason why I get so uh, I guess I don't know passionate about this is because there's so much about um, they was and has been a lot about you know Ben Simmons over Pascal Siakam and now the thing about Pascal is like yes I'm sure he he from the bubble he ha- he did not have a good series he didn't play very well in the bubble and but the thing it is was he's not this he, bad it was and and the thing is he. It's not like Nick Nurse is taking him out of the game at the at the end of the fourth because he can't shoot a free throw. Like that's that's inexcusable, man. And and if you're a a superstar, a I don't know, uh, you're Ben Simmons usually picked for like second or third team uh, All NBA. I mean, if you can't shoot free throws and you can't be on the floor of the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, you're not that man. You're not that guy, <laughs> as that as that gift would be would say. You're not that guy. You're not and that. I, guy. Can I can I throw in a take here? I'll throw in a take here. Okay. Yes, please. Sorry, sorry. We got a little heated about Ben Simmons. No, no, no. I, I I wanted you guys to get heated. I knew you would get heated, and I love that you got heated because my take is going to contradict that. Uh-oh. I think Masai okay. should trade for him. Here's the uh, thing. I knew I knew this is what we we're gonna. Get. This is what it was gonna lead to. This is what. Yeah, we, this yeah, is this right, is the juicy right. stuff. This is all what, what people want to hear. All of our complaints were within the system and his refusal to change. If he's in yes, a new system, exactly. <laughs> if he's in a new system and he's utilized differently, because let's face it, the guy's not going to shoot like a rubber band against a barn wall. It's not going to happen. So uh, if that's not going to happen and he's used differently, then he could be really good differently. What center does the Raptors have to clog the lane? We don't have one. It's fine for Simmons to fit in here. Secondly, yes. Nick Nurse's pill. Give him one summer with Nick Nurse's pill. And all of a sudden, mm. he's shooting 70% for the free throw line. I've seen his footage from college. I've seen how he looks. And the mechanics aren't horrible, right? This isn't, you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist shooting a jumper. This His mechanics aren't that bad. And I think that in a different system, under different, like in, in a different locker room even, would yeah. do him so much good. And here's another number I'd like to throw at you. And it's five. There are five Raptors currently on the Raptors younger than Ben Simmons. Everyone else is older, meaning the runway for him to develop and still improve is still there. He's still young. So mm-hmm. my suggestion is, and I, 
you know, I, I know that those, a lot of people will not like this is to trade Lowry for him, right? Ooh. We are in a position right now where Lowry is going to command quite a bit of money. It's going to eat into our cap space, but there is an opportunity here to get a generational talent. Yes, I know we've all just shat on his ability to shoot and to perform in the clutch, but all we need, we as in Raptors, if they were to ever acquire Simmons, is to just get him into a workable shot position, uh, position where he can at least make some shots and doesn't need to be benched at the end. But here's the important part is the excitement around that and and the versatility you have in that a Fred Van Vliet, Ben Simmons, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Evan Mobley lineup. Forget about it. You're not scoring yeah. on this team. Yeah. So my plea is go after him. I know that Philly will probably reject a Lowry signing trade. They're going to ask for more. Mm-hmm. But my suggestion is, I mean, if you want a talent, an all-star talent, and you're trying to get that in the draft, and you're trying to get someone young, you've kind of got someone already in Ben Simmons. Yes, he's a bit older than your draft picks, but at the same time, the comparables for Cade Cunningham, the one that we all wanted, is Ben Simmons with a shot. Well, what if Ben Simmons just develops a shot? There's your answer. You There's your Cade Cunningham. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my hot-ish take. Again, I don't think Philadelphia would make that trade, but I mean, if it was if they were open to it, I would certainly make it. What well, do you guys think? Yeah. I think in our system, with the way that you've detailed it, and I'm glad that you brought up one of the because all three of the people we can get in the draft if it works out this way are offensive threats. So that would make up for it because if we lose Lowry and we get Simmons, then we lose offense. But with with one of those nice, fantastic draft picks, and we keep the guy, you've got a young team. You've got a frightening young team. Yeah, if you place Ben as like a smaller center, like a Draymond yeah. Green style, he'd kick ass. And then you have like shooters all around him. You've got OG on the corner. You've he got can Fred guard at the top. Every position too. Right. So that's 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 my plea. It's not what bad. What do you think, Jason? It's not bad. I He disagrees. If it was for, if it was for Lowry, for like like a straight trade, fine. If it was like a, a full because like the salary works, they're both being paid thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, straight trade. It has to be straight. But if that unfortunately if it wouldn't be, I, I think that Lowry's yeah, signing trade would be somewhere in the twenty range, not thirty. So uh, there would fair. have to be someone else. But also, it sorry, would probably go Lowry with another player with another draft pick. In that way, I say no, because in that case, just keep Lowry, just keep Lowry in the twenty-five million, and you're already going to be like number four or five in the in the Eastern Conference, and you don't have to worry about having to build uh, a jump shot with. Of ben Simmons you don't have to have that in the back of your mind because if you do if you let's say Ben Simmons puts on a Raptors jersey automatically they're going to be like what about his jump shot every single game every playoff is going to be what about his jump shot and we don't need that we, we don't need that right now we already have the number four pick and we're thinking about what's going to happen with Lowry think about what's going to happen with Masai we don't need another distraction when it comes we don't we don't need the the baggage that it comes with Ben Simmons I say no However, if it was just a straight trade with Lowry, Daryl Morey, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. All right, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of for for this episode of That's a Wrap. Um, let us know what you think 
about the number four pick. Raptor fans, would you uh, trade the number four pick away or do you want either one of Mobley, Green, or Suggs or somebody else that are in the draft pick? Also, what do you guys think about what Masai is going to do? TikTok, Masai, let's see you back in Toronto and also the playoffs. Who who do you guys think is going to come out of the East and come out of the West? Hopefully, we talk again next week. Hopefully, we have some Masai news or, you know, any kind of news when it comes to the Raptors. But until then, Trey. Where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. We also have a podcast on there all about movies called The K-Cut. And last but not least, um, I have my top 100 short films list coming out July 5th, I believe. So, nice. uh, yeah, look look forward to that. Um if you want to check out some bite-sized movies that are 40 minutes or less, this is where you're going to find them. Some very poignant stuff. I'll give you a heads up, though. It's the most experimental list that I have on the site. Uh, they, they like to operate short. Couldn't tell you why. Actually, I can tell you why. It's on the list. Jay, where can we find you? Well, I usually use this time to promote myself, but I won't because I've got a stat for you both. And here's the okay. stat. Free throw percentage two years ago 58 percent free throw percentage this year 78 percent that is the percentage jump of og ananobi from the free throw line oh two years ago ben simmons 58 percent shooting from the free throw line what if he had two years under nick nurse i'm just throwing it out there guys (laughs) all right over to you jason oh man i love it let's see some ben simmons serrano twitter Twitter takes. Uh, you can find all of us at That's a Rap Pod. You can find me at Jason20 on Twitter. And you can also find my work. I'm um, teaming up with our friend uh, Freddie Rivas and Catherine Aker to talk about the WNBA. They are starting a WNBA podcast Ooh. and I'm going to be helping them out with the editing. So look out for the pickup podcast. Uh, find me there. But until then, that's a wrap. Sorry guys, I gotta get going. I just got signed to the Shanghai Sharks. Uh, I gotta, I gotta be I'm gonna be playing with some great players. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be. I heard playing. Ben Simmons is on that team. Yeah, yeah so yeah, for Zinkus, yeah. it's gonna be really good. <laughs> right at all, man. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna know everybody there. MVP. Okay. <laughs>